Hey everyone, welcome back to all my listeners. This is episode number 14 of season eight. Today is Wednesday, April 5th, 2023. My name is Sonal Patel, and this is the Paint the Medical Picture podcast series. Now, all right, you guys, it is a brand new month. April is finally here, and I hope you guys are feeling happier, right? The rain is falling, flowers should be blooming in some places throughout the country. There are definitely buds on trees, and winter is technically behind us, and I definitely do feel spring in the air. Now, there's lots of things to look forward to in the days ahead. Now, please remember to go ahead and follow and support this podcast on Spotify, right? Because like I mentioned last week on the show, Anchor just became Spotify for podcasters. So I'd really love your continued support of my content-rich value-add podcast on Spotify. Now, be mindful, I provided a link in my show notes for you to go ahead and use to show your loyal support of my Paint the Medical Picture podcast on Spotify. And I know lots of you guys do listen to great music and make music playlists on Spotify already. So I know for all of you guys, it's super easy to start following my podcast on Spotify as well. Now, before we dive into the show, I just wanted to share that the month of April has many, many different forms of healthcare awareness platforms, right? Like autism. But today I really wanted to put the spotlight on something that's near and dear to me. And it is also in the month of April, National Child Abuse Prevention Month. So if you see folks wearing a blue ribbon on their collar, on their suit jackets, etc., cetera, um, if, if they're flying those blue banners, that definitely stands for National Child Abuse Prevention Month. So if you support a local hospital initiative, go ahead and donate where you can, volunteer where you can as well. There's so much you can do to help support and get the awareness out that the month of April is National Child, National Child Abuse Prevention Month. Now, all right, you guys, let's go ahead and get into today's show, right? It's going to be featuring another newsworthy interview that I had with my good friend, Betty Hovey, on her show, Healthcare Happenings. Now, she had a last minute guest cancellation, so we quickly had to put something together that we both know very, very well. And throughout our conversation, we provide information and details on the CERT program. It's filled with trusty tips and my recommendations regarding the significance of this comprehensive error rate testing program, CERT. And of course, I'm going to go ahead and round out today's episode in Spark with a remarkable quote on creativity by George Bernard Shaw. If you've checked me out on LinkedIn, you know I'm all about compliance and protecting our physicians and our valued healthcare professionals when it comes to the business of medicine. I hope this week with me brings you enough to take back to your organizations, to want to dive in deeper, to use my tips and best practices to ensure success. I hope this podcast will help you boost the quality of documentation capture and improve coding accuracy as you help your providers paint the medical picture. 
If you like what you're hearing, please go ahead and hit that subscribe button now so you don't miss another episode. Please write in a review and kindly drop me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and definitely start following the podcast on Spotify as well. I really love your support. And as always, a friendly disclaimer. Remember, I'm bringing you the news, current healthcare industry news, my compliance tips and recommendations based on my over 12 years of experience in front office, in back end, in coding, and in billing for multi-specialty physicians, in compliance, and in auditing for both ENM and surgical operative reports. These are my opinions alone and are not to be construed as legal advice. Today's episode is sponsored by Advanced Coding Services, a leading medical billing and medical coding school in the United States. Whether you're just starting out or a seasoned professional, our training equips you with the tools and support you need to advance your career. Our medical billing and coding school meets your needs worldwide online or in person with one-on-one support throughout your training. We are committed to helping our alumni and credentialed medical community in keeping up their certifications by offering various avenues for acquiring your continuing education units. In addition to our Mastering the Business of Medicine retreats offered several times throughout the year in different parts of the country, we now offer memberships. You can conveniently earn your CEUs by attending our exclusive members-only webinars. Since our aim is to nurture and grow the careers of individuals who work in the business of medicine, we call our member area the Apple Orchard. Advanced Coding Services. Educate. Nurture. Inspire. Reaching back with a hand up. Hey y'all, welcome and happy baby Friday. This is Betty Hovey with another healthcare happening session. Uh, And I am pleased to have joining me again today, my friend and colleague, Ms. Sonal Patel. Hey Sonal. Hey Betty, how are you? Good morning. It's morning over here. I know it's already Uh, noon for you. We're into the afternoon here and I know West Coast, they're they're morning, morning, like nine. Yep. I'm not very good at nine. Um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I, I don't do nine. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see where am I? Um, there we go. I'm sorry. I couldn't see my banners. Um, all right. So as people come in, please give us a shout out. Let us know that you're here so that, um, you know, we can uh, say hey to you. Uh, I see that we're getting... A couple now. Oh, Ladriba's here. Hey, Ladriba. She is um, one of my. Oh. Hey, Ladriba. Good morning to uh, you. Yes, that applause was for you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that or not. <laughs> I do not. Uh, oh, and we have Terry Fletcher uh, from in California. She's a morning one out there. It's about nine. So, morning, Terry. Morning, Terry. Um, and John Piaskowski, I hope I'm saying that right. So, yes, hey, uh, we got, uh, oh, and Lisa uh, Chavez Miller, who is awesome. um, from one of the chapters I've spoken at before. So, yep. hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. so um, we are going to be talking today about <laughs> the CERT program. But before we do, just wanted to one thing I don't know if someone if you know this or not, I was kind of scrolling through today is National Doctors Day. Awesome. Our so, doctors, it's their yeah. day. 
So make sure for those of y'all that are in the clinics and stuff to, you know, tell your doctors that you appreciate them and, and happy National Doctors Day. So uh, I thought that was an interesting thing. I didn't realize that it just like happened to pop up on my thing. I was like, oh, so, you know, I'll probably make a little thing up for a post later too. But um, yes, so happy National Doctors Day. Uh, and uh, just wanted to Sonal for uh, everybody, again, who may not be aware of who Sonal is. I'm sure, um, you know, there probably aren't many, but um, just uh, uh, if you want to give a little uh, recap on what you're doing here lately. And so for people who do follow you, so they kind of oh, see yeah. what's going on. For sure. For sure. So, yes. I have started my own little venture. Um, it's called SP Collaborative LLC. Um, so for those of you uh, who want to get in touch with me, I am, yes, thank you for putting up the LinkedIn um, page that I created for it. So you can always check out that page for any new posts that I make. I'm trying to make them daily, um, you know, and reach out to me for any types of services, help that you guys need out there for coding questions, um, collaborative ventures that we can embark upon. Uh, like my good friend Betty Hovey and I are on so many different things are in our pipeline. So I know in the weeks to come, we will share our good news. Um, but nonetheless, um, the website is still being built. So I cannot wait for everyone to take a look at that when it's eventually up for all of you to actually see. Um, I've been working on it and it just is almost, almost, almost done. So I'm really excited um, for everything new that is going to be coming out for me in the weeks to come. So yeah, I'm super duper excited. So thanks, Betty. Wonderful. Um, yeah, and also I'll uh, to put don't forget Sonal's podcast. Uh, she yes. does the Paint the Medical Picture podcast, so um, you can find her on Spotify and um, Apple, whatever's, and you know all that good stuff where it's you get all, all your podcasting them. things. Yeah, so make sure you're checking that out too. Um, and just for people to know, uh, coming up. Uh, for future sessions here on the broadcast on healthcare happenings on April 13th. So uh, we will have Sonal back. And I just wanted to announce that's going to be our EM QA, uh, how we did that first one. And we kind of ran short of time when we were discussing things. So for anybody that has questions, you know, for that session that will be coming up on April the 13th, make sure that you either DM, you know, message me or Sonal on LinkedIn, you know, with whatever your question may be. Um, we had questions from last time and, and uh, I think we, we didn't get through all of them. So we want to make sure we did it again. So just send us questions if you have them. Um, and that one's going to be devoted to, you know, just discussing the 2023 E&M stuff. Um, and then on 427, on the 27th, I'm going to have Rosemean uh, Boppet. We're going to talk about appeals, you know, sources, things like that to be aware of when you're working appeals. And then Sonal is coming back with me on May 11th. And we're going to do part two of that three-part series we started on audits. And that one, the second one is going to be on actually doing the audit. So things that you will use when you're doing it, things to look for, 
uh, and um, you know how to uh, pull a, a statistically valid sample and things like that. I have trouble with. I that hate word. that word too. I, I hate that word too. If I go, yes, if I go it's too not fast, my favorite. Like, so uh, I have to. I have to stop. <laughs> I'm just on it. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, ladies, great lady. Lady says she's going to send her questions. So definitely just send your questions Perfect. in. Yeah. And uh, we will get to what we can get through, you know, in, in the hour and have a good discussion. So, um, but today, you know, rounding back to what we wanted to go through is, um, you know, I, I had a um, guest lined up for today. And unfortunately, she had to cancel with me on short notice. So I was trying to think of what to do. And Sonal was so nice to agree to come on with me because I was like, oh, you know, I mean, I can do these by myself, but I like having somebody else to discuss them with. It's it's always a lot more fun, I think, at least for me, uh, so that I'm not just talking to dead air for, <laughs> for an hour and I have somebody to look at. Um, but she had to cancel. So Sonal agreed to come on. So we were trying to think of something to do. And the cert thing just popped into my head that, you know, I was trying to think of different things that are out there that either people are unaware of because maybe they've never gotten one before or they you know they have and they didn't know what to do and they didn't really understand what was going on when it happened that kind of thing so i just kind of wanted to go through what the cert program is what they're looking for um and um the 2022 report you know, we, I have the findings from the percentages for that. So uh, we'll look at that in a little bit um, to kind of see what's um, where nationally, you know, it, it is standing and um, what you do if you get a request, you know, like what you should do if you get one of these. Uh, and I think that's kind of the, the uh, lineup that we discussed, is it right, Sonal? That's exactly right. That's exactly okay. what we planned. Yep. All right. Well, first of all, CERT, it stands for the Comprehensive Error Rate Testing Program. Um, so, you know, they just love their acronyms. Um, they do. We do in the whole field, don't we? You know, everything <laughs> yes. has to be into COPD and CHF mm -hmm. and, you mm -hmm. know, uh, OIG. So, yes, it, it's... DOJ. Uh, I know. Yes. It's endless acronyms. <laughs> CMS itself, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> well, it was funny because, you know, talking, it took me a long time just on that when because they used to be HICFA. And I remember yes, HICFA. The, mm -hmm. for those of y'all that haven't been in, you know, long before it was CMS, it was HICFA, the Healthcare mm -hmm. Financing Administration. And then they got a new administrator one year who didn't like the acronym HICFA. And so they changed it to CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. And so then everybody had to, you know, change all the stuff. And we couldn't say HICFA fifteen hundred anymore. No. Uh, so if you hear anybody talk about a HICFA, that's what they mean, because that used to be what CMS was called. So just a little, you know, just just a little kind of tidbit in there for you. Uh, if you're ever playing like a trivia game, you know, exactly. <laughs> a fun a fact. Idea. Yes. A blast from the past. Yep. Um, but yeah, the the program, actually, the CERT program, um, they actually started measuring things back in 1996 for um, um 
payment rates and improper things and making sure that things were being uh, paid for appropriately. So with CERT, they, they aren't necessarily, it's not, they're not looking at you for fraud and it's not necessarily them on first blush, at least looking at you. They're actually looking to see if the MACs are following what the requirements and the guidelines, and that's kind of how they put it out, that they're checking on the MACs. Exactly. Um, and um, the OIG was responsible, the DHHS OIG was responsible for doing these back then. And then in 2002, it turned over to CMS. So they kind of switched who was doing it. Um, and then there was a an act that came out that was called the um, Payment Integrity Information Act of 2019. And that was specifically to take a look at um, looking at high risk areas and then to publicly you put out what those facts and figures are. And so that's when CMS, you know, went to how they do things, you know, and have been doing things, you know, um, for, for a while now. Um, so what they try to do is look at um, a statistically valid sample across the country. And so if you just think about that, how many providers, how many clinics, how many, you know, it's like, okay, how do we get this to be to where it's not? Because if originally HHS, the OIG was only looking at like 6,000 claims. And so they said, well, you can't really extrapolate that out to the whole country if we're just talking about 6,000 things here. And then they couldn't do it how they do now. Like if you look at the report now, they break it down nationally. Then they break it down by contractor. Then they break it down by the contractor type. Then they break it down by provider type and they break it down by service type. So they have all, no, there's no way they could do that with only 6,000 claims. So they look at 50,000 claims is what they start with. So I think um, that, you know, it is quite a, quite a, a nice number there where they're starting out. Um, and then they go from there and they have independent reviewers that are contracted with them to take a look at, the records that they choose from the random sample of those 50,000 claims. So that's basically how it starts out. So Sono from that, you know, is there anything in that area that you want to add to, I don't want to, you know, be like jabbering on here for 20 no. minutes by myself. <laughs> no, that, that's a really well explained, succinct um, way of looking at what the CERT was established to do. So we don't want people to ever be confused that, again, the, the CERT is not looking at you or sending you a letter because they consider your patterns to be fraudulent, right? They are sending things out based on what they think your MAC in the region is actually doing, right? So it's more of an assessment of how perhaps the MAC can send out more education and guidance to the regions, right? So yeah, I was also happy to see that they increased the number of claims to look at from a very small 6,000, right, to a larger 50,000. Um, so it's really, really good when you have time, we'll go through it in the um, program later, but there is a 2022 report that I know she and I have read thoroughly um, simply because we love to read 94 pages of PDF files daily. 
Um, but it's it's laid out really, really nicely in terms of what the high volume things that they consider to be improperly paid upon. So it could be paid upon over the amount or under. Um, and of course, I know in my experience, I have not been privy to many um, practices that receive things for an underpayment, right? It's always going to be an overpayment in my experience. Um, but I know this particular report for 2022 does outline some of the criteria and practices that receive it for underpayments that were identified. Um, but yeah, so the CERT program is one of the many, um, you know, in the OIG CMS toolbox that's there to protect the Medicare trust fund, right? That's the overarching kind of theme for these types of programs is to protect what little is left um, in our trust fund. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and that was a good point you brought up with the over and under payment. Usually, you know, when a payor themselves is sending you things, it's because they think they've overpaid you and they want the money back. Now, sometimes you may find where there were things, if you have someone audit before you send the records, you may find things that weren't billed maybe, or that maybe it was undercoded the E&M or whatever. So you may end up getting an overpayment, you know, something paid back to you. But to start off with, that's not what they're looking for. But with this, it's just a random sample of 50,000. Mm -hmm. So the likelihood, you know, that they find over and under, you know, is there is where that, they're not yeah. initially starting out with, hey, let's right. go take back money. So right. um, that that's a very good point. Uh, and and I just wanted I, uh, because I saw some of the comments from my Hickfa comment earlier. Victoria oh. Mole is is on. So hey, Victoria. Hey, Victoria. She was yeah. like, you know, that's that's how you can age one of us by yes, by Yep. And then uh, I am really, really pleased that Dr. Kennedy is on. Um, uh, welcome, Dr. Kennedy. Oh, Glad hi, you Dr. could join Kennedy. us. <laughs> that she's like, at least they didn't call it mama or Medicare and Medicaid administration. <laughs> and then John followed up just to end it because I just think this is a funny little thing that works together. He says, can you imagine having to explain to your boss that you were on the phone with mama <laughs> for six minutes? <laughs> 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 All right. So, uh, I love I love people that, that come in and, and hear her. So I love all these comments. It's really That's good. That's so uh, yes, here is the and there is a cert presentation that they made a PowerPoint for on the CMS website, and I will add this into the um, uh, into the chat thing because I know sometimes people say when that shows up on the screen they can't. Yeah, they'd rather be able to click or, you know, pull it out of the chat box. So also put it in the chat box. So it's like a PowerPoint presentation that was put together where they go through the program and what they're looking for and what their improper payment categories are and stuff like that. This stuff we'll be talking about, but if you want to like see it in a laid out manner, you know, you can go and get it here from CMS. So they, they, we talked about the, or I talked about that, that, act you know that kind of morphed into what they were using but there's also it's also part of the medicare program integrity manual so once again if you want to see how they've drilled it down and you know um, compartmentalized everything you can go here to the medicare manual and take a look at all the things and see how they have it set out so um, that's another 
um, resource that y'all have if you want to go and check things out. I, I like to try as much as I can when we talk about something to be able to have links and things to give people so that they can go and do some further research on their own and, you know, kind of see how things may or may not be affecting them or to what uh, percentage, what amount in their practice. So these are the two things, you know, if you're totally like, I have no clue what this stuff is, I would go to the uh, PowerPoint presentation that CMS put up, take a look at that, because of course that's in more of a layman-y term, easy mm -hmm. reading kind of thing, whereas the program manual, it reads like CMS's program <laughs> manuals. So, I mean, it's it's very detailed, but you know, it's of course dry. So, um, but these are two places where you can go and take a look at stuff. Um, so once they get it out to the um, the uh, independent reviewers and they pick what their sample is going to be, then they start sending out the letters for records requests or the ADRs. Um, some people may call them for additional documentation requests, and they want you to you know give them the records for whatever dates of service they're looking for. Uh, and it will come with a letter that you know lets you know that it's from the CERT program, that it's a CERT audit. Uh, and it will give you 45 days, you know, to um, give the materials back to them. And I think out of anything that that's the biggest thing you want to pay attention to with anything that you get from a payor or CMS, especially, is their date, their turnaround time. Don't miss the turnaround time. Um, if you need you're a small practice and they've asked for, you know, a hundred records and you're like, I just can't get this all together in this amount of time. And I only have one part-time employee that, you know, ask for an extension, but don't ignore it and say, I just couldn't get it done. You know, make sure that you are meeting any and all deadlines that you are given from CMS especially, but also from any commercial payor that sends you records requests and things, always make sure you've answered, even if you can't get it done, answer them and let them know that and work something out. Um, comment on that, Sonal? I, I see you shaking your head because that's like the biggie for me. Absolutely. No, that's spot on, spot on. You have to take action when you receive that envelope that comes to you. So make sure your staff is also well aware of how to route those types of correspondences that come from the government. Um, you know, have a point person take lead and understand where that piece of document has to go to within your practice. Um, like Betty said, it is imperative that, you know, once that piece of mail is opened, you document what the deadline is, right? What that is, make sure you calendar it um, and make sure people on your team take action towards meeting the end date beforehand, right? Because the CERT letter is going to document to you how things are going to need to be sent to them. So you also have to be able to follow those directions to the letter. Um, I'm pretty sure when you review these web pages that we provided to you in the comments, or we will be providing to you in the comments, you have to make sure that you don't send a photocopy of that first page with that barcode that the cert applies to, I think it's page one, 
Um, so they want that original piece of paper sent back to them. So you have to make sure that someone on your team can read all of the documentation that's required from you, um, that's instructed to you on that cert, um, very, very clearly on how to get that documentation over to the cert contractor. Um, don't send it back to your Mac. You have to send it back to the cert contractor. So again, it's a different name. So again, people on your team, someone has to understand, you know, what that envelope is and not just file it away somewhere on some shelf or in a drawer and never look at it. Um, like we're saying, it's imperative to take action immediately because it's coming from CMS. Um, so we never want to let documents like that from them just fall off to the side because it's a requirement that you at least respond to them by the date that they say you have to respond to them. And absolutely spot on, best practice is if you need more time, they understand that. So ask for a extension to whomever, to whomever is on the bottom of that piece of paper, Mr. Smith, right? So contact Mr. Smith and get back to him and say, I need an extension, please. Right. And so um, more than likely they can send you one for seven to 10 days and so on and so forth if you need more time. But it's imperative that you contact the right person um, on that documentation, not just pick up the phone and call CMS and say, hey, I need this extension. They won't know what you're talking about. So you have to follow the instruction on that cert letter. Yeah, good. Uh, so yeah, when, when the uh, reviewers get it then, so they do their audit and um, once they do it, they start to calculate and put everything together and get all their facts and figures. And you can have um, partial or fully, you know, wrong things if they find errors. So they, they do it, you know, it's not like an all or nothing thing. You know, you can have it where partial, like there were six, things on the claim form, four of them were paid correctly, two of them should have been denied or whatever, you know, they can have partial correct payment on them too. So they really kind of drill in when they're looking at things. And um, as, as, as we were saying before, I mean, then they really sort it out. So you can look at, like, if you go to the 2022 report, you can look for your Mac and say, okay, you know, where's my Mac, how they do and sitting in with these things, you know, um, if they don't have a real high improper payment rate or with specific things or something like that, you know, you can see if they're good or one of the ones that are worse, that kind of thing. And, and, and take a look at it by that way. You can look at it by the type of provider, you know, all of those different things. So you can really uh, pick apart the cert report and um, use it, you know, to help you in your practice, you know, with your audit plans and all your things moving forward in the future um, to kind of combat, you know, or get ready in case you kind of get hit with one. Um, so I have put in the chat already. I put in the, the link for the manual. I put the link into that PDF and I just put the link in for the 2022 cert report. So all of that stuff is in the chat things now for you to kind of go back and, and pull out. Um, but when they do the, the um, review, they will look at um, making their errors and they have five different kinds of errors that they can come about. And that's when you look at the report, they'll have the percentages and they have them for each one of the five. 
Um, so there are insufficient documentation, medical necessity, incorrect coding, no documentation, and other. So those are the five different categories that they put the errors in. Um, and when you look at, you know, insufficient documentation, just what it sounds like, you know, they take a look at it and what you have in your documentation is insufficient to support the service that you, you know, uh, build for on the claim. Um, so if there's even a specific, so they look for if there's a specific documentation element that's missing or something like that. So it's just not meeting the criteria for E&M as an example, as everybody does those, you know, what you leveled out was you, you reported a level four, but the problem addressed the data, the what, you know, there were two of them that met the moderate level to support that. So you did an E&M, but you didn't do it documentation wise to the level that you reported, that would be insufficient documentation. Um, as an example, now medical necessity. So, you know, do you want to take medical necessity as, as what an example or what yeah. they do for there? Right. So for the medical necessity, right, for pieces that are missing in documentation, they're going to want to see all of it based on your max region, right? So perhaps your documentation didn't support a particular LCD in the region, right? So these types of errors are, you know, comprising the majority. If you take the time to look through that 2022 report and you isolate the, you know, top five, top 20 um, CPT or HICPICS codes that are affected, right? And they give you a breakdown. Um, the medical necessity things are a must. And in general, what I find is that the types of services do have some sort of an overarching LCD or, or an NCD, um, you know, and when you whittle down and really look closely at providers' documentation, I know I've seen many a time where, you know, the nuts and bolts of that necessary covered indication, right? Those types of criteria are not really flushed out in the documentation. And so, you know, even though you're sending in documentation, it wasn't reviewed beforehand, right? You just sort of send it out the door and take a chance, right? But like we say on this platform, my platform, we always believe that you really need to have people on your team take a look at that documentation beforehand, right? Carve out time each and every month if you have a new service line um, or an old one, you know, and follow those particular policies, criteria, covered indications, what types of diagnoses, right? Um, all of those types of things you should really pay attention to before you send these types of claims out to Medicare, um, because you can really get a good handle on your documentation beforehand when you do that. So then moving forward, um, you can find success when you receive these types of cert letters, or if you need to appeal something, you can find success there because you know you've done the work, you've reviewed your documentation, and it's meeting all of their covered indications um, and everything for the medical necessity of the service, because that's the overarching criterion 
for Medicare and Medicaid, commercial policies too. Um, the services have to be medically necessary and that has to be found in your documentation. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it makes me think of, um, now I haven't done podiatry for like forever, but you know, with podiatry is, is a big one that, you know, you have to indicate, you know, how many category A's and category B's, they have all these different things that play in there that have to be in the documentation to support that, that uh, code that you're, you're reporting out on the claim form. So in some, what I found sometimes, not just in podiatry, but in other places where there are similar kinds of things where they expect to see certain things in the documentation, the ICD-10 code is there, right? the procedure or the service is there, but those other pieces of the stuff that the patient right. has failed this and they failed no, that and they right. did a trial of this. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's the stuff that the physician or APP, you know, knows the patient did. And that's why they're moving to the next step, but it doesn't get into the documentation. And then whoever may be looking at that at the office, if they don't know, they don't know it. If right. they look at the note, they may say, well, the ICD-10 is there, the CPT is there, it's connected right on the claim form. So I think it's good, you know, without understanding those underlying things that also need to be documented. So that's something else too. If, if when you get those, I say, um, since you have the 45 days, you know, mm -hmm. make sure you're taking a look. Uh, at the medical necessity issue and take a look at, are there LCDs or NCDs, you know, and then rescan that documentation mm -hmm. to make sure that that stuff is in there. Um, because that it, it might not just be that your CPT and uh, ICD-10 don't match. It might be that inner workings of the requirements in there that just aren't there in the documentation. Exactly right. That's, that's a great um, tip right? Review those LCD policies beforehand because you have that snippet of time where you can do that, right? Really analyze those LCDs and NCDs for your, I don't know, your vein ablations, right? For things like that, you have to read the criteria, not just the CPT codes and the diagnosis codes. There's a whole bunch of text in between that, that that will happen, right? And you have to read that for the covered indications of your conservative therapy has, you know, failed after a trial period of six weeks, right? Um, there's so much detail in each and every service that is applicable to an LCD. So yeah, you can make little checklists for your team and make sure that you're cross-checking, right? And is that in your new checklist that you made for the practice, right? And so make sure that the documentation from the provider includes that as well. Um, so when it's time to come in and send these things out back to the payer, you know where to locate it, right? Within your EMR, because I know that they're all vastly different and where they're organized is also going to be key for someone on your team to then pull it, right? because um, I know things are tucked away in this section of the EMR and that section. Yeah. So someone who's in charge of pulling that documentation and then sending it to the CERT contractor is also key, because if someone doesn't know where that new checklist item has been filed away into, 
that's going to be dinged again for insufficient documentation, even though it's there, it's in the EMR, but it yeah. wasn't provided. Yeah. I, I've seen that many times where, where uh, a practice has said they, they've contacted because they got a request and whoever put the records together didn't put all the records together that were necessary. And so what they sent out wasn't complete and they failed, you know, they failed the audit, you know, and then they come back and well, it was in, uh, but you have to, they did, you know, CMS can't read your charts from, you know, wherever they're doing the, this thing yet. So, you know, you have to make sure you know what you got to send them and send them everything you have to send them. You know, so yeah, that's that's a, a very important too. Um, incorrect coding, you know, is a, the third one, and it's what it sounds like. It just was not right. You know, that they look at the documentation and what you reported isn't the correct code. You know, for uh, a procedure, maybe you reported a complex procedure, and when the documentation is looked at, it doesn't support that. It should have been a simple procedure by what the documentation shows. You know, it, it's just incorrect billing. Um, or also they'll say that the service was uh, performed by someone other than the billing provider. So I see that a lot with the, not so much in CMS, but on the commercial side, I see that when um, uh, practices are trying to bill incident to mm -hmm. for their APPs and the payer doesn't accept incident to. Right. You know, I, in fact, I, I have a, a client right now that they contacted me because they said we got this letter from uh the payor they did a random you know we we got chosen for random that every year they pull so many records from so many practices it's just a random thing it's not like they're not doing it from you being an outlier or whatever they just said okay it's your turn so they asked us for records we sent the records in and then we got a letter back that said you know um that all of these that the app had done that they built incident to they said that they were all denied they were all incorrect and they said because the uh, name on the claim form didn't match the name on the record for that day of who did the service and so they answered back well that's because it was incident to and you'll see that the doctor signed off underneath it and of course, that's when they found out the payer came back and said, yeah, well, we don't accept incident two. Uh, and that opened a whole nother can of worms that we had to kind of go down and help help them out with uh, because they, they were not aware. They were one of those practices that think everybody can just do incident two because Medicare accepts it. Everybody accepts it. And that is just so not the truth. Um, in fact, I, I would say, and um, I know this discussion goes around and around and, um, I know Terry, if she's still, you know, uh, hanging out with us, I know that's one on the compliance guy. When we've watched it, they come around to that a lot, uh, coming back to the incident two issue that causes a lot of problems. Um, but I find now, and I don't know if you find the same thing, so that more payors don't accept it than do anymore. Um, and that, uh, most of them in there either, and this was when they said, well, it's not in your claims manual. They, the, the person at the office said, I read the claims manual and it's not in there. And then again, the payor came back and said, 
um, while it's in this other manual. manual. You know, yes. this author. So it's there. It's there. And mm -hmm. they say, well, you know, it was available to you, even though there's 200 manuals on the site and, yep. you know, you have to dig through each of them to find where it is. It's yep. out there somewhere. Yep. Uh, and so they were responsible for it. So yep. they had to pay it all back. You know, that 15% difference, they had to pay it back. Um, but that would be another example of something they would call incorrect coding, you know, on the cert report when it came out. So, um, yeah. And just a little side for incident two, lady made a, a nice little point here. Um, I know that's not what we're talking about today, um, but, you know, incident two equals CMS. That's that's about where I would leave it with a lot of practices um, <laughs> right. or definitely, definitely have a list and know which payers do and don't take it. It is not something you can just blanket do. Um, you're going to be paying a lot of money back when a payer picks up on that. Um, so, yeah, with incident two, just kind of, you know, be very wary, I say. Um, I say, too. I agree. It's a, it's a dicey way of doing billing. It's so yeah. complex. Like lady said, it's a Medicare construct. Um, yeah. And the people who follow it on the commercial end, they write their own and you have to be able to dig into their 20 to 30 provider manuals or reimbursement manuals or clinical policy manuals, yep. whatever they title it, yep. you have to be able to find it you can't just automatically think that they will cover something called incident two because it's not a commercial construct. It's a yeah. Medicare construct. Yeah. Uh, and then our, our fourth one of the categories is the no documentation, my favorite one. So it's just so little, do you have any words on that one? Yeah, no documentation. Well, you know, what does that mean, right? So like I said before, if someone on your team doesn't know where all of the documentation is housed and filed away within the EMR, right? And you think you're sending them a complete package of what they want. In fact, you're not. And that might be one of the categories that they, you know, score you in is no documentation, right? Because you didn't actually supply the order, right? Or the proof of delivery, if it happens to be a DME POS, request that they're asking. So yeah, this no documentation thing is is sad. So it looks kind of like, oh, so they just didn't send anything. No, I think it's it's more refined. You didn't send that order or that proof of delivery or, you know, something like like that is is what that means for no documentation. Simply yeah, and, not that you forgot to send the entire chart. No. No. But it could be. But it you could know, be. The other thing you that, disregarded that it. Yeah. yeah. It, it could be just that you never responded. Um, yeah. You know, so, and that's the um, bigger part on me that I'm just like, you know, come on, y'all. Really? Um, you know, they send it. They tell you 45 days. You ignored it. They send you another request. Just say, hey, you know, you didn't send this stuff and you right. still ignore it. Um, shame on you, really. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, even if you internally look at it and say that it's not so good, send it. Don't not send the information. If if it's no documentation, it's automatically denied, and the payor is going to end up coming back to you and asking for that money back because you're not supporting it at all. So they're going to want to take it back from you. Um, and, and that's the thing too to remember with these cert audits that they say 
that they're not fraud or, you know, they're not coming to look say? at you specifically, but, but, you know, if they find that you didn't deserve some of the payment you got, they're going to, the Mac's going to want it back, you know, um, and if there's some significant things that they look at, like they ask you for 50 charts, 50 records, they look through them and it's just like 80% wrong and it's just, or something egregious, they could then go to CMS and say, hey, you need to look at these guys further and kind of then they'll take it after that and, and run with it. So, um, and ignoring the entire records request is probably one of those things. <laughs> they're, they're not going to take too kindly to that. And uh, there's going to be some follow-up for that. And, and you're not going to like what the follow-up is. <laughs> so um, just answer them, send something in, send the stuff in. If you don't, if you look at it and you notice, Hey, it's the wrong data service, or I looked in here and for some reason there's only half a note or send it with an explanation. I don't know what happened. There's just half a note, but here it is, you know, but don't not give it to them. Not giving it to them is automatically wrong. Um, you know, for those of y'all that are um, uh, credentialed people, you take your exams, right? They're all multiple choice. What is something that everybody always tells you when you take the exam? You know, if you don't know, you're running out of time, don't leave anything blank, right? right. Just guess at that guess. point. So right. Fill everything out, though. Make sure you right. answer every question. It's the same kind of concept. You know, don't not answer this. Don't leave that blank. Go ahead and send what records you have on whatever dates of service they're asking you for, uh, even if there's, you know, there's stuff in there that's, you know, not so hot. That doesn't mean because you look at it and go, oh, this isn't good that you can just ignore it, you know, um, or, you know, I found, and I'm sure so you've been involved in these cases. I, I had one where they called me up and it was the, um, uh, it was on a Friday and the attorney said that they needed the response by Monday because somebody had put it in a drawer yes. and because they got it, they were scared when they looked at it. So they kind of hid it away and it took them until almost it was too late to fess up and show it to somebody. And then of course it's all Hades breaking loose and everybody's mm -hmm. in a panic and mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to be, you know, it's already stressful enough when you know, and people use that word audit, you know, when, whenever you hear that there's an audit, you're, you're immediately just like, Oh, you know, so don't make it worse by compounding it by just leaving it sit or, you know, you got the stack of mail and somebody doesn't even open it because they don't realize what it is. I've had places where they throw them in the trash because they didn't mm -hmm. realize what it was because mm -hmm. they'll say, you know, this is like the third request. Well, no, they never requested that from me before. And then they asked staff, and somebody's like, oh, oh, well, I didn't know what those were, so I was throwing them out. You know, then, <laughs> you know, then it's like the face palm emoji. Yeah, right? exactly. um, so it's it's uh, uh, really, really important to um, make sure that everybody knows those things. So yeah, uh, lady, out of, sight, out of sight, out of mind. Yeah, they kind of like, well, I'll just put it away for a day or two, build up the courage to give it to somebody. You know, 
it doesn't mean that you necessarily did anything when you get these requests either, you know, right. depending on what your thing right. is in the office. I mean, the, the onus is on the, the physician and the APP that did the service to make right. sure that it was uh, documented correctly, you know, and then of course the, the coding end of it, depending on, you know, where, what your position in the practice is, you know, may be involved in that, but, you know, I mean, that's what they're looking at is the documentation to see if it's matching what the coding is that was reported for it. Um, so, but yes, that, that would be the no documentation. And um, then they have the final fifth one, which is other, which is just, it doesn't fit in any of those four. So, um, you know, that probably, you know, usually is like the smaller piece of what they get on the error rates because most of them will fit in these other categories and insufficient documentation overwhelmingly is the largest one always it you know it it's is. always it like it just it just doesn't meet up you know um so let me pull up oh i made a little powerpoint slide that shows you the figures from 2022 in the category so i want to pull that up for everybody here um so for 2022 it was 63.6% improper documentation, 13.8% medical necessity wasn't met, 10.5% incorrect coding, 8.3% other, and 3.8% that little no documentation one that you know we should never see in there, right? Um, so that's kind of where things are sitting from the overall national kind of standpoint. Um, you can, like I said, if you go to the report and I put the link in, um, you can see for your Mac, you know, for your provider type, for, you know, your contractor, all those kind of things, like where their percentages kind of were sitting. So, um, and like I said, too, after they, after they're finished with the review, you know, they do report and, and then they report these publicly, they get published, but then the Mac after this because it's not the mac that's doing the cert review it's an independent reviewer so they do them they go back to the mac now the mac also which i think is interesting the mac can appeal the cert decision just like you appeal the mac you know so if they think that something wasn't looked at correctly or wasn't looked at according to the mac's LCD or whatever, that they can go back to the uh, cert and say, no, this is how it should be. And here's this policy that we have on this or whatever. So they can like appeal these decisions too, um, wh which I think is is uh, interesting. I like to see some of those conversations. Uh, let's see, like, how does it feel, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, uh, but then, yeah, after that, it, once those things are finalized, they do go back to the max and they know who was pulled and whose patient records. And so then they're going to come back to you. And if you were underpaid for something, then you have to be paid. You, you, you have to be paid what that difference was and they have to make it whole for that claim. Um, so if your physician billed threes and they should have been fours, you know, they will pay you back that difference because that's what it should have been. Um, just like they'll take money back if, you know, you were overpaid. So it works both ways. You know, you get the rub both ways there. Um, but uh, being underpaid because you're underdocumenting or not reporting the services correctly. And a lot of times the underpayments will come 
um, because of the uh, under the, the misdocumentation, the miscoding, sorry, in E&M services, mm -hmm. because that, of course, is the most of what everybody does. So um, I had a situation where there was a physician that uh, everything was a three, you know, uh, he was in that because he thought it was right in the middle of the road. It wasn't going to cause any ruffles. And <laughs> and he his patient base were patients that all had been with him for like 30, 40 years. I mean, you know, <laughs> and so a lot of these patients were very complex, multiple comorbid conditions, multiple treatment management plans every time they're coming in. And, you know, and so they're very extensive. And he also didn't feel right, he said, billing them <laughs> for level fours. Um, because, you know, they've been with him for so long and, you know, they were, I was like, well, okay. But what happened was he got audited because he was an outlier. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter being an outlier. You know, if, if you say, well, I'm just going to under code these things and that'll keep me safe. It doesn't, you know, the system just pulls you out. If you're an outlier, you're an outlier. So he got pulled and after they reviewed him, they sent, back the review and they told him that he had undercoded, you know, specific ones of what he had said, what the percentage was. They also had to send him a check, you know, with it for the uh, underpayments that he was due from his undercoding. And then they also sent him a letter that said, if you don't stop doing it, we're mm -hmm. going to fine you for administrative burden because we have to keep looking at this stuff because you won't stop it. Just do it correctly. Right. So undercoding, overcoding, wrong is wrong. You know, of course the payers are all over when you overcode it, but mm -hmm. you know, I mean, undercoding still is they don't like it because then they have to put people in to look at your stuff. So it costs them to then turn around and have to owe you money. So payers really don't like doing that either. Right. So you have to watch it from both sides, right? Agreed. Agreed. You have to do the right thing. Um, yeah, I've, I've had providers try that as well. This was years ago. Yeah, try to play it safe, right? And just do all the billing at the same level three. Um, yeah, years ago, that was, I guess, the mentality. Just just yeah. keep all my patients at the same at the same service level, even though, you know, so many deserved so much more, right? Because they were very, very sick. But yeah, no, you, you have to do the right thing and actually code um, based on the documentation, not just because you think you're 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 going to be playing it safe, and perhaps you won't ever get this type of you know um, request from yeah. the cert. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, and the other thing I was just thinking, it, it like messes with the bell curve too, the magic bell curve that everybody oh, talks for sure. about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah for well, sure. You wonder why everything's at a three because if you've got you know so many physicians that that's all they ever put out there, well, yeah, yeah. it's going to skew the curve, you know. Yeah. So it's not going to look correct. Um, and don't get hung up on the bell curve thing. Don't get you know, no, it, no. It, there's a lot of specialties and a lot of practices because of their patient base. They should yeah. right. You know, yep. and, and there exactly. should should peak at fours and there's nothing yes. wrong with that. Yes. If your documentation supports it, it supports it. That's what it is. You know, exactly. Um, now, a question that we got, um, uh, Sonal, if you want to like what sure. information should be sent to the CERT contractor? What information should be sent to the CERT contractor? Well, again, we have to have someone on the team be able to read what the request is asking for, right? 
And then based on our conversation here today, we have to go behind the scenes as well, right? Make sure even though your cert may provide you with a small checklist of things that they're requesting, definitely send all of the information, all of the documentation that supports the medical necessity for that service. Um, we simply can't stress that enough. You have to send all of the documentation that supports that service. Um, so when you look at the, the PDF report, you know, based on the chiropractic services or based on the DME POS, right? You have to be able to understand what those requirements are, right? Again, based on the LCD for the chiropractic service, based on the LCD for that particular lower leg, whatever brace or knee brace or something, right? All of that has LCDs that require this laundry list, more things that is part of a greater checklist to support the medical necessity for the entire service. So it's really, really important that you review all of those policies to help, you know, support you um, and defend yourself and your services when these types of certs come in to your office. Then you can really happily be able to send all of that documentation and be able to, you know, get off of their radar successfully, right? That's the goal to get off of their radar. And the other thing that I would add in that is not just what you should send, but what you shouldn't send, right? Don't send anything they're not asking you for either. Right. You know, don't, don't like make yeah. sure when you're checking, because I've had people that when they scan and copy, two notes will be on there from two different dates of service. They're only asking for one of them. Don't oh, give yes. them the other one. Right. Don't you know, give them the other one. Right. If right. they're not asking for something specific, if it's something outside of what is the scope of what they're looking at, don't voluntarily send more than what you need to, which is why it's important, like Somo said, to have like a point person in the office, you know, that is your, you know, the audit person. You know, if these letters come in and there's any kind of request for records that it goes right to that person so they can kind of look and determine, one, what is it? You know, um, is it just because of a, a claim that they need the record for to, to pay it or is it an audit thing or is it like a sort of big, bigger kind of thing? And that person will go through that whole checklist, you know, that Sonal was saying, which I think is a fabulous idea, you know, but if you have one person, then you know, the chances of, oh, I didn't know what it was. And so it went over here and everybody knows any letter that comes from anybody that says anything about records goes to Tammy, goes to right. whoever, you right. know, um, and then she, of course, cross trains somebody else for if she's on vacation or if she's mm -hmm. not there, that mm -hmm. somebody else will know and that they know that then that's the person to send stuff to, you know, and let them evaluate it and say, this is what's necessary. This is what's not. This is what we need, you know, and do it by the date, you know, exactly. Very, very important. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because somebody asked if they could ignore a certain request. That was one of the questions. And, you know, oh, no. no. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Like we've said, away. it's not going to go away. Yes. <laughs> don't ignore it or don't think you're, you're safe to just forget about it. 
like we said, put it in a handbag and like just ignore it or put it up on the shelf and ignore it. No, we have to deal with it. It cannot be ignored. Yeah. Yeah. No. So um, we are, see, we're, we're at the top of the hour almost already. So Goodness. we've gone through an hour again. Um, so uh, um, this was something that, that uh, I, I enjoy talking about the cert stuff too. So um, uh, I'm really glad that you could come on with me. So people that are um, attending with us today, I hope you all have found this helpful. Like I said, go back through the chat. And we put the um, uh, links in there for you for the CERT report from last year, for the program integrity manual to go and read the specifics on the CERT program and to that PowerPoint presentation uh, for the CERT program. So you can go and take a look at all of those and um, make sure you know that you're following um, mm -hmm. what you're supposed to be doing. And I am also going to put make sure you look at those appendices in the back of that report all oh. of those appendices have the top 20 um the top 20 i'll just read it to you the top 20 for part b number one is lab tests number one lab tests number two office visits established right these are huge specialists is next minor procedures is next. Hospital visits. Hospital visits, subsequent and initial. Um, it goes on and on. Uh, psychiatry is on the hit list as well. Chiropractic, obviously, it's always been there. Um, and then eye procedures for cataract extractions. So there are 20. So each of these appendices, it's like A through, I don't know, like Q or something. There's a lot of appendices that you want to dig into. Um, you know, and siphon in and take a look at if, if your specialty is actually affected. Um, so it's definitely part A, part B, and your D and your DME POS stuff as well yeah. that is going to be affected by certs. So take a look when you have some time for some fun reading. <laughs> yeah. And if you don't, this is the things like we've been saying all along, you farm them out to people that understand it and that um, you can trust to take a look and yeah. either educate your staff on eventually doing it or, you know, taking that part off of their plates right. uh, because they can't handle that and everything else that's going on in the practice too. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's uh, most of the practices are running lean and mean these days yeah. and, you know, you, but you have to address these things and to let them pile up isn't the right answer. So um, if you can't handle it or don't have the expertise in house to handle it, you know, uh, contact consultants that you trust, you know, um, Sonal, myself, um, Terry Fletcher, Jennifer McNamara, Christine Hall, you know, I mean, there's, there's many of us out there that, that we, this is the kind of stuff that we do all the time and, um, you know, would be able to take it off your plate and take it off of your mind from worrying about things like that too. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to put up Haley. Thank you, Haley. She said she didn't know much about the certs and she's already oh, pulled the links up. Great. So um, that's, why, that's, that's why Good. we like doing these things. Um, to kind of bring this kind of stuff to people's attention that may not understand that these are different things and what they mean and, you know, what they can mean to the practice. 
So um, wonderful. So again, happy National Doctors Day. Happy National uh, Doctors Day. Yes. And have a great uh, uh, Baby Friday and enjoy your weekend. And thank you, Sonal, uh, for coming on. Um, and My don't pleasure, forget buddy. that, you know, we've got the um, Sonal coming back up. We've got the E&M coming up. So make sure you send your questions, either me or her. You can send them to us on LinkedIn and the little message things. You know, yep. we talk weekly multiple yeah. times yeah. so uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see what we can get to for the next one so um thanks for hanging with us and seeing what is happening in healthcare. and um we will uh see you next time see you next time and finally I focus season eight spark on creativity. I want this eighth season spark to be filled with our world's thought leaders, writers, artists, philosophers, everyone who inspires the need for creativity in all we strive to do. So in this week's inspiring quote in spark is from the acclaimed Irish playwright, George Bernard Shaw. You use a glass mirror to see your face. You use works of art to see your soul. Absolutely true, right? I think this is an amazing quote that reminds us that it is our creative side that helps us see things more deeply. I think this quote inspires us to embrace the more creative parts of ourselves as well. We are reminded to use that creative part of ourselves to enrich our workplaces and workspaces as well. I'm happy George Bernard Shaw's spark still burns brightly in all of us today. So that wraps up today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you all diving into today with me. If you want more information from me, please go ahead and follow me on LinkedIn. I'll leave links to everything in the show notes below. And please be sure to watch our Healthcare Happenings conversation on CERT audits on Betty's YouTube channel. I've included that link in the show notes as well. Now, in my final note today, remember, go ahead, carve out that time for yourselves each and every day. You do not need to ask permission. Start planning for that summer road trip or a staycation or a full-blown vacation. Life is way too short, so make every single moment count and just have fun. Thank you guys so much for listening in on today's very special episode. And I hope every week with me brings you closer to helping your providers paint a masterpiece. See you next Wednesday.